Is this what you do to Jack and Troy? I feel really sorry for them now. You you do it so they think that the mic isn't on and everything's normal and that's why things happen. Well, it serves a useful purpose and I actually genuinely do need to get the levels right. But also, then I just let them talk and then they say something. And, and a bumper haven't. happens. Then a bumper happens. When that's a exactly. mummy bumper and a daddy bumper get together, i.e. Jack and Troy. <laughs> That can't carry on. So Jack and Troy are a mummy bumper and a daddy bumper. Apparently. That sounds really dirty now. I don't know. It's one of those times where the original meaning is lost out of saying it so often. And it all becomes terrible. You see, now I just have pictures of Jack and Troy bumping in my head. They do that, don't they? Or am I getting them mixed up with JD and Turkoff scrubs? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon and no one's Jack and no one's Troy, because the guys are just moving house at the moment, so they're not available. So I've brought in a ringer. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Zoe. And so as not to be accused of conflict of interest later, it must be revealed that Zoe is my girlfriend. And so Simon is my boyfriend. It's funny how that happens. So if uh, if it seems like I'm not being as hard on her as I might have been on the guys, now you know why. You're going to get an easy life of it, as opposed to them. A comparatively easy life. Oh yeah, I'm still going to disagree with you on certain points. I think we know that. So what are we here to talk about this week? We're here to talk about Maxis games. We are indeed. And basically that means sim games. For the most part. But not... The Sims, we are ending with the first Sims for the most part, although I bet, considering it's me, the Sims <laughs> will get in at some point, mostly me raging about something, which means you've got an appropriate replacement for Troy's rages, although I probably won't have such inventive swearing and things. Which is a shame, but yeah, it's I, I just say it's mostly the Sim games because they didn't do a lot else. They did all have the Sim prefix prefixes not all of them not well, by a long shot well a train wasn't them a train wasn't them no but that's not what i was talking about ah. um actually did you know the very first maxis game was not a sim game well i was pretty sure of that because i was thinking they were probably going before that and doing other nope. things uh two games came out almost simultaneously in the year that they were made and it comes down to how they were made actually because everyone knows Will Wright, mm-hmm. he's the father of Maxis, but fewer people know about Jeff Braun. I'd never heard of him, so this is fair enough, yes. Yeah, he was the co-founder of Maxis. Ah. Uh, basically, they met, I think it was over pizza. I, I have no proof of that to hand, but I seem to remember there being a reference to pizza in the story. As all good stories should have. <laughs> and uh, Jeff had a history of development on the Amiga platform. 
and he had a program called Sky Chase, if I remember correctly, which was a wireframe shooter. Um, well, plane simulator, sorry, which involved shooting things. And Will was shopping around, trying desperately to find a publisher for what was essentially a town planning slash civil engineering simulation. And, unsurprisingly, struggling to sell the concept. Because, on the face of it, it doesn't sound like it will be the most exciting game in the universe. And even though, until this year, until the last couple of months... Maxis Games and Civilization were basically the entirety of my game playing experience. <laughs> Except, and it's a nod to the history of World 1 Stage 1, what is it you now play? Dragon Age? Yeah. Which was our Game of the Year recommendation, I do believe. Lots of Dragon Age. <laughs> I'm worried. So yeah, they decided that between the two games, they had enough muscle, because this was back in 1987, uh, to published for themselves. That was the year I was born. Maxis is the same age as you. Yay! So they got together and they decided to sort of collaborate and push at the same time. Sky Chase came out first, then SimCity followed almost immediately. So, yeah, their first game was Sky Chase. Or st still a simulator, it's worth pointing out. Mm -hmm. and so then it could SimCity. be like Sim Plane. It could have been. If they'd decided then that they were going to do the naming convention. And from then, obviously, they've done all the SimCity games that we know of. But worth pointing out, they also, if you had, I think, 95, 98, Windows, 95 or 98, I can't remember which, came with a 3D pinball game built in. That was Maxis. Was it? I think I, think I played that. Mm-hmm. They have a very good relationship with Microsoft. A lot of the built-in games and a lot of versions of Windows have been Maxis games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was on the first computer I had access to. Or the second one, I don't know. And they've done a couple of pinball games over their history. But, but that is not the exciting part. That's not why we're here. We're here for the legacy that starts in 1989 with SimCity. Mm-hmm. The game that Will Wright often vaunted around saying he was going to do a game based on town planning. As we've covered, not the best way to sell a game. Although it has he gone on... He should have made more, more mention of the nuclear disasters and the aliens <laughs> coming down and attacking you and things like that that caused me to turn off, turn off emergencies when I was like eight or whatever it was. I don't think they entered into his head. I think he genuinely just wants to do a town planning game. And that's what he did. The original SimCity was just that. You zoned out areas. You marked out public transport routes. You built um, power stations mindful of their pollution. Mm -hmm. And you managed a city as the mayor of SimCity. Well, yeah. Well, admittedly... I don't know whether the original SimCity had aliens attacking and whatnot because I was introduced to the franchise when my dad bought a copy of SimCity 2000. Um, I don't remember the exact disasters, but all SimCities, as far as I can recall, have had ridiculous disasters in. Uh, I think they have become slightly more silly in the more recent history. Uh, 
It's also hard to tell because there have been just so many versions of SimCity. The original SimCity has been released in various forms on the Acorn Archimedes, the Acorn Electron, the Amiga, the Amiga CDTV, which we talked about last week, that classic failure of consoles, the Amstrad CPC, the Atari ST, the BBC Micro, the Commodore 64, the DeskView, the DOS, uh, well, the DOS, <laughs> DOS, uh, Epoch 32, uh, iPod Touch, iPhone, same version, uh, Game Boy Advanced, OLPC, the one laptop per child operating system, OS2, IBM's own warp system, Linux, Mac, Symbian mobile phones, Java for mobile phones, it was on the Super Nintendo, it's been on Unix, of course there was a Windows version, uh, ZX Spectrum, it's been on the Wii Virtual Console, I think that's it, but that's a, that's a fair number. Essentially, it would be easier to list the consoles and operating systems SimCity has not been available for. Quite possibly. So it's, uh, and they all had like floods and fires and tornadoes. Riots. Uh, there we go. Um, found it. Found the reference. Monster attacks were in the first one. Later games in the series included lightning, volcanoes, meteors, and extraterrestrials. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, see, I always set mine up. I would turn off disasters because I was, I was very little, and I did not quite grasp the concept that even if you turned off disasters and that meant that fires were not going to rage through your city, that didn't mean you could necessarily cut fire department funding <laughs> down to 0%. And use the rest to boost health and education and police, turning it into some kind of special magical police state where everything was presumably on fire. Because the people don't know that they're immune from fire, so they worry about this city without a fire department. Still did pretty well, though. <laughs> and occasionally I would trigger riots on purpose just to check how my police were doing. <laughs> it was really odd. You're a strange dictator. Just a bit. And of course, there was the ever popular tactic of you know the borders to the other cities. You put your power stations, your heavy industrial areas, and your waste disposal stuff all around the edge of the map, so those fuckers have to deal with it over there, not you. Which was fine up until three thousand or four, where you could then build in the neighbouring zone, and then you were the fucker who had to deal with it. But yeah, I think now this is kind of proving the point that SimCity became an unexpected and unanticipated success. And yeah, you really wouldn't have thought it, but it does play into the whole I am going to be in control of a thing. I can do so much better than those bureaucrats over there that, you know, is sort of endemic across the world. So it's like, okay, I'm going to run my own simplified city. Hmm. And it's it's partly that. It's partly the... Uh, concept of the god game which mm. didn't exist at this point because i mean i've always said that the birth of the god game was populous but part of that is because i grew up with a childhood hero in peter molyneux and also have some loyalty to my former employer but populous and SimCity actually came out in the same year mm. and I think the only reason SimCity isn't more widely regarded as the birth of the god game is that you play a mare not a god yeah, because you genuinely played a god in Populous. Yeah, but the game. I remember we had that on my similar. sister's PlayStation. 
PlayStation, and it was vastly underwhelming on a PlayStation, I've got to say, populous. Yeah, those kind of games rarely work on consoles. It's the problem real-time strategy games have today. But the gameplay is very similar in a lot of ways. Mm. It's just SimCity feels more um, down-to-earth and conventional because we mostly live in towns. Yeah, that that seems sensible, you know? So Will Wright went from trying to sell a computer game based on city planning with no way to win or lose, uh, which was not a great venture in 1989, to I'm the guy who made SimCity. Don't Get- you want to listen to me? You're going to give me money and promise you'll sell this right now because you know it's going to be good. Which is how he got to make some of the more esoteric games that he made. That I absolutely adored and either, well, adored or desperately wanted, but because I was eight, my opinions on what the family budget should be spent (laughs) on next were not considered very important. And the concept of not really caring about the water bill and spending the money on on Simant did not go down very well. Yeah, although that's kind of my philosophy to life now. Uh, that again, it's not going that well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was the first game to come from Maxis after SimCity kind of showed Will's sort of hippie-ish tendencies, I think. It was SimEarth. Oh, SimEarth! SimEarth. That was the thing that confirmed in my then tiny Christian eight-year-old mind that the reason things were terrible on Earth is that because trying to run an ecosystem, even without people wandering around in it, is really annoying. I mean, on the sort of Earth-based one and the Mars-based one, it was sort of controllable, although my main tactic was to have the unlimited points thing and then start dropping monoliths on dolphins. Which isn't really a tactic. I know, but it was fun. You just had super intelligent dolphins and then they would go into space. And I was like, this is totally from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is awesome. Dolphins in space. Woo. So to roll it back for people who haven't encountered this one, because this one may have passed a lot of people by because it's weird. I mean, we're talking again, there's no way to win or to lose. This is not a game in the traditional sense, nor did Will Wright ever call it one. He called it a executive desktop toy, basically, in computer terms. It's a Gaia simulation. It had the biggest manual in the universe that not only had sort of gameplay stuff, but also had vast, vast explanations of what the theory behind it was and the philosophy. Well, that's because the foreword to the manual was actually written by James Lovelock, who is the original proponent of the Gaia hypothesis. And it was why... Daisy Planet was in it, and that Daisy planet world. was that world was my nemesis because whatever I did, the daisies would go back to doing whatever they want. And as I said, it was sort of my concept of God just having given up was mostly based on Daisy World and on trying to do anything on Venus because it came with sort of Mars and Venus and trying to terraform those. Mm-hmm. And Mars was okay, you just shoved a lot of co2 generating that was fine yeah that was easy but the problem with venus is you had to put a lot of oxygen ones around which was fine until they all caught fire inevitably (laughs) every single time and took all the vegetation with them and you're just like i'm going back to mars your planet is rubbish yeah the uh the original daisy world uh proposition was also by lovelock 
Hmm. It was a um, computer model run in 1983 Whoa. Uh, to prove some concepts of the Gaia philosophy. Uh, the first sort of consumer model of it was in SimEarth. Except that, of course, in SimEarth, you have grey daisies. Hmm. The original computer model was so simplistic as to have black or white and no in-between. But then they added that pesky grey daisy. Daisy World was the most simplistic of the simulations in Sim Earth, and as you mentioned, it ranges all the way up to trying to terraform Mars and Venus. And rather than a game taking place over several years, as it would in SimCity, it would take place over millennia, billions of years. And Sim Earth even simulated concepts like continental drift, starting from Pangaea. You could take uh, civilizations from pre-intelligence, as you say, you could spark them with the monolith, or there were ways to evolve them naturally. You could wait, but my main problem was the dolphins and whales had the least chance of randomly becoming intelligent. It was in the manual, and I was like, no, no, I cannot be having with this monolith. Mm. And the trouble with sentient lifeforms is then you uh, create competition for resources, and you can even get to the point where they will obliterate each other in a nuclear war. Cheerful! Which I suppose would be how to lose the game of SimEarth, except that it doesn't because it goes for billions of years and you can actually evolve more life. Afterwards. It takes a while. I mean, that was the point where you could consider yourself to have lost, like, Venus catching fire. Mm. But if you waited long enough, things would go back to the status quo, which was one of the frustrating aspects about it, that eventually everything would go back to what it wanted to be. Which is pretty much the theory of Gaia. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, there was also the wonderful addition uh, for me of machine life. Brilliant. If you could get a civilization up to nanotech age, then they could uh, develop sentient machines and you could essentially create the Matrix. That's that's really bizarre. I can't remember mine ever spawning robotic life. They all just went into space. Maybe I was just a terrible god and they all wanted to leave. <laughs> no, mass exodus was pretty common. It was hard to get them to a point where they were at nanotech age and comfortable with the world. Ungrateful dolphins. So, after starting with the city and moving on to the Earth. Where next for Maxis and Will Wright? Oh, I've got two guesses. One of them I played, one of them I wanted to play. It's going to either be Simant or Simfarm. It was Simant. So, I mean, the logical progression would be to the galaxy, mm -hmm. which he has now done with Spore. It's true. Uh, but no, instead went from giant macrocosm of all life down to an anthill. Which is an interesting shift, really, in yeah. my mind. Yeah. I, so there's I something philosophical about that, yeah. Uh, Simant was the one you played, or Sim Farm was? Sim Farm was the one I played. Ah, then I guess it's my turn, because I played mm -hmm. Simant. Brilliant, good. Because Simant was awesome. Because, like many Maxis games, Simant was a game where you manage a population under certain constraints, and have an influence in the world in which they live. And I think that pretty much sums up every single game Maxis make in the Sim franchise. In Simant, as you might expect, what you're in charge of is a colony of ants. 
specifically, black ants, in someone's back garden. Ah, oh, yes, I recall that the red ants were a significant They were the evil threat. enemy. Yeah. They were the evil enemy. And the ultimate goal of Symantic kind of had a winning condition. Which is unusual in a Sim game. It was a fairly preposterous win condition, and it wasn't so much a win as you can't do any more than this. Uh, because you could drive out your enemies. You know, there were ant lion spiders, red ants. See, one of the main things that I was always really interested with in sort of begging my parents to get Sim Ant was you know, this was before Wikipedia and things. Mm. I was constant, this was before we even had the internet in my house. I was constantly wondering what on earth is an ant lion? <laughs> What on earth is one of those? I must have Sim Ant in order for this important question to be answered. I assume you now know. Not really. Well, you would have been extremely uh, disappointed if you'd discovered it's just an insect. Yeah, I figured that. It's, it's in a the flying end. insect. It's... I didn't know it flew. I thought it was probably some kind of a beetle. Yeah, just imagine a dragonfly that isn't pretty. Uh, that the only thing they have going for them is they're shiny. Yeah, I guess that's why antlions don't get dragon in the name. They're just antlions. Because they, because they eat ants. But quite why lion gets in there, I don't know. Because they eat them. I guess. <laughs> that's the only... I'm just sort of regressing back to being a child in order to fully remember the experience of most of these games, so that probably would be my logic. Mm. But the ultimate goal of Simant, it had an ultimate goal. Get in the house. Aha! And drive out the humans. So that you own the house. Yep. See, I would have adored having Simant because this was the situation I was playing out in my parents' back garden anyway. It just would have been a version that would have gained less anger from my parents <laughs> because I wasn't getting ants in their house because I was like, I have a colony of ants in the back garden. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch them and their little paths and put piles of sugar down for them. That won't be problematic in any way. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, you basically controlled the backyard by looking down on it from above. And the colony from looking at it at the side, because it was underground. And you could control one ant directly. This is another slight difference to a lot of early Sim games, but fairly reminiscent to players of The Sims, I'm sure. Hmm. You have direct control over one ant, and it, you can switch between the ants. You then... As on The Sims, actually, where... Exactly. Where they're all potentially under your control, but... Only one at a time. Mm -hmm. And that ant can do certain things. You can pick things up, because you could carry food around and put it in different storehouses. Eggs, for example. Uh, you could attack. Um, and you could leave pheromone trails, which was how you influenced the rest of the colony. If you found a good source of food, you could directly control one ant to leave a, a trail for other ants to follow. Hmm. Question is, did Sim Ant have them worshipping the wood lice? Because that, that was the main thing with my ant colony. And I would feel very, very upset if there was no religion 
for the ants to be following. I may have been anthropomorphizing the ants a slight amount. That's possible. <laughs> I don't remember there being any religion. <laughs> I'm not going to rule out the possibility, and it's I mean, certainly something you could have presumed to be there without it actually being there. I'm sure you could anthropomorphize digital ants quite happily. This is, that's very true. If you can do it for real ants, you can do it for digital ants. Not going to argue there. <laughs> Maxis took a weird little um, left turn at that point and made RoboSport, but we're not going to talk about that because it doesn't have Sim in the name. And it's sort of kind of like Robo Rally ripped off massively. So we'll just gloss over that. That didn't happen. No. No. R- Robo Rally is a great board game. And uh, it it wasn't at all ripped off by Maxis in 1991. <laughs> they did, however, then go on to uh, uh, jump around the spectrum of scale again, leaping from ants directly into all of life and genetics. That was another one I really desperately wanted, because at this point they were coming out in packs of three. Mm. And my dad got Sim Earth, Sim Farm and A Train. And if I could have only had one of the packages, I I would just I wish we had the other package. Because <laughs> for starters, it won't involve A Train, and I don't know how to play that. But you know, my dad loved it, but I was just sort of sitting there going, What's it doing? Why did Yeah, why are you building a golf course? Nobody told you to build a golf course. What what's going on? So, yeah, Sim Life was pretty much that. Again, it's a slight hint at um, what was to come with Spore. It basically gave you various different animals and a Sim World-style ecosystem and allowed you to tamper with animal genetics. And create terrifying hybrids. They really wouldn't be all that very different. Um... It you know it wasn't that you could give them like mutant faces and things. I although you sort of could a little bit. Well, the cover suggested to me that that was precisely the point of it was just basically in genetic terms stitching one creature to another. There was an element of that, yes, but the real um, key to it, being as Will Wright is a massive hippie, uh, was the the climate tolerance. Uh, you could uh, tamper with its tolerance for day length, rainfall, temperature. Uh, and it was a way of affecting how a creature's genetics affect its natural habitat and therefore its spread over the world and how different stocks of animals, whether they're... Um, prey or predator, affect the movement of populations and things. It was, again, very sim... Like uh, Sim Earthy, mm. uh, probably has more in common with that than any other Maxis game. It's sort of taking more direct control of the species within Sim Earth without controlling the world itself. So it's sort of halfway between Sim Earth and Spore. Yeah, sort of. Like I said, it's it's a good hint of things to come. <clears throat> and I mean, this was when they were doing a game a year as well. But then we get to 93, where they just started hitting multiple games in a single year, 
where they got out both SimFarm and SimCity 2000. And this was because they um, bought another game development studio and could work on multiple games simultaneously. And those were the two I had. My dad would play SimCity 2000, and I learned to play it watching him. And every time I built a marina, he would start singing the marina song from Stingray. And there was nothing I could do. And it just came to the point where even if I wanted to build a marina, I wouldn't do it because he'd start singing. SimCity 2000, British made. I didn't know that. It was made by the Maxis UK um, arm of the company. That's pretty cool. As was Simant, actually. Hmm. I'm not sure who they bought to turn into Maxis UK. I'm pretty sure they were one of the ones that was bought into the company. Uh, because they have two subsidiary arms. They have uh, that and Maxis South. Uh, Maxis South don't do a lot of work on the Sim games, though. Maxis UK um, pretty much did Sim Ant and SimCity 2000, plus like all its add-ons. And Sim Town, which I know is another one you're fond of. That's because it was the only one that was really actually aimed at me, what with being a kid. The other ones were not presumably, they weren't expecting a small child to have very much interest in you know, running a planet, I can maybe understand for a small child, but running a farm. I think Sim Ant would have been very much one with a childhood appeal. Hmm. And Sim Farm, I mean, your farmhood animals and farm sets are a common childhood play toy. So... True, it was, it was sort of, it was sort of first scenes of Wizard of Oz in some ways, like for starters, you only had a shack unless you were doing really well, which was kind of sad. Mm. So, I mean, I think that definitely did have a, a kid appeal. I got really obsessed with winning the prize pig award at one point. <laughs> I completely ignored all the sort of, you know, it was mostly meant to be crop farming with animals on the side. Mm. I got to the point where I would exclusively farm two fields of strawberries and all the rest of my land was taken up with breeding various animals. So I was like, I will win the prize pig prize you know, in the next town because there was, in fact, a little town next to it and you could influence the town by voting on what they'd build next. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like if... So you had a say in your community. Yeah, because you know, everybody had a vote, and sometimes it didn't turn out how you wanted. <laughs> but you could keep voting for a mini airport. It was only a very mini airport. But you could keep voting for that, and eventually you get a crop sprayer. You know, that was how you could have a crop sprayer, because there was now an airport. Mm. And this was when they started doing simulations of sort of specific businesses as well, because 1993 was also the release of a game, in inverted commas, uh, that you'll never have played and probably not have heard of because it wasn't available to the public. Uh, Chevron Corporation bought Sim Refinery. What? Maxis created Sim Refinery as a management training tool for Chevron. Ah. <laughs> and they fed into it a lot about how their refineries worked and what they wanted to teach people and what they wanted people to get out of it. And it was their own little in-house game. That's kind of adorable. They could have used it as like a vast recruitment tool by getting children to know what was going to happen, you know, in when they had to get a grown-up job. Mm. But 
that would have been depressing. And that doesn't happen often, although it has been known to happen. America's army, I'm looking at you. No, genuinely, the US army has a video game as a recruitment tool. Whoa. Deeply distressing. But it is free, so well, I can get... recommend it on price alone. You, you, you get to the point where you think, well, maybe they need to balance that out with more games. I guess Theme Hospital is the closest I can think <laughs> of to that, but that was that was just hilarious because it was mostly based on vomit, from what I could recall. Also Peter Molyneux. Oh, that's a... The theme ones are a whole different excellent franchise from my youth. They are. I think we should talk about them sometime. <laughs> but yes, we're up to Sim Town, which as you say was aimed at you. You were the right age for this one. I wasn't. It passed me by. So tell me about Sim Town. Well, it was basically a very miniaturized Sim City. You were in charge of building building the roads. And then you would choose whether you wanted to put down a house or a shop. And they were all very, very themed. You had themed houses like a little Mexican house and a little haunted and a big haunted house and a sort of Sesame Street style, you know, New York apartment thing. A brownstone, sort yeah, of red brick. Brown, yeah. Mm. You know, various different and then various different themed businesses. And it was sort of. A burger bar shaped like a giant burger, a pizza house with a giant pizza on top of it, those sort of things. And in a way, in a way, it was kind of... It looks like a library that looked like a stack of books. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you had community things as well, like the library and the park. And you had to, you had to keep up with how many people were going to school and things like that. So you'd, it was... More complicated than you'd expect in some ways, because instead of money, you had resources. You had food and water and rock. And at the same time, you had to keep track of trash and pollution. Mm. And sort of you had to balance the two of them. Otherwise, people would leave. And in other ways, it was kind of a Sims precursor again, because you could see all the little people with names wandering around your town cheerfully. And, you know, who lived in what houses, they never seemed to be related. It just seemed to be a random collection of people in all the houses, which was okay. Well, according to this, each household contained two children, pet, and two adults. Some of the the houses were smaller, though. According to this, they all contained the same occupants. That's not what I remember. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I never played it, so I'm going to go with you. I'm probably wrong. I was tiny. (laughs) <laughs> Don't trust my memory. Yeah, it was called Sim City Junior in Japan. Aww. <laughs> there was another Sim sort of bit of it. It's like you had no control over most of the inhabitants and they would... Well, you had no control. You could have one Sim... I'm going to call him a Sim because it was one basically that of your own where you'd give them a name and a gender and decide whether they were a grown-up or a child and then decide what colour their baseball cap and their t-shirt were and then send them and what their hobby was and what their favourite food was, if I recall, and then send them off to live in the town. 
which meant that you'd see them around their favorite food place. And if they loved skateboarding, you'd see them skateboarding everywhere, which was really annoying because whenever any of them skateboarded, they would just skateboard around the roads and cause traffic jams. (laughs) And it was at that point I really began to wish this game where the people were wandering around would allow me to take control of the tiny people, perhaps one at a time, and make them do a thing when I told them to. Which would be The Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Leads us nicely into 1993, which is the year Maxis went mad. Not only did they release Sim Park, which allowed you to design a park uh, in typical sort of uh, Simsy style, in that, yeah, you're designing a. I'm not sure if it's a park or a wildlife preserve, but it's, you know, kind of six of one, half a dozen of the other. And then in game, you had emails coming in, and many of them were sort of from your employers giving you instructions on. Wasn't there one from your mum, though? Yes. Several. Uh... <laughs> oh. I thought there was just one. No, no, it's your mum would just email you and tell you how things were back in your hometown and, like, ask you why you never came to visit and, and try and tempt you to come home with cake. That's, that's really, that's really sad. It's kind of like in Pokemon when your mum repeatedly sends you letters and emails <laughs> and just sort of like, why, where are you? I bought you, and according to Jack and Troy, I bought you this thing with the money you have dutifully been sending home. I don't know what it is. So yeah, the emails from mum? Uh, and in kind of tribute to SimCity and also just the, the general Maxis style, it had disasters. Oh, uh, garbage could appear, massive piles of it, which would then spawn rats that ran all over your park. Fire could break out. Kudzu, which is a weird one, and I had to look up what the hell it's that is. It's a kind of vine, but it's a kind of vine. And alien invasion, but, which is and continuing Max's thing now because, unfortunately, bringing the Sims into it yet again, the alien that occasionally turns up and abducts your Sims. It's exactly the same ship that used to turn up and zap your stuff in SimCity and in SimCity 2000. And I'm assuming it's probably roughly the same alien that turned up in Sim Park. The one in Sim Park was a bizarre flat pink and blue creature. Oh no, no, you don't see what the aliens look like. I'm talking about the flying saucer. Mm. I'm not sure about the flying saucer. I do know that they would appear in the Sim Park and uh, spell out words. Oh. But that was the most normal game that they released in 93. They also released Sim Golf, where you get to design a golf course and then play golf on it. Okay. Uh, Simcopter, which I'll come back to because I've got a lot to say on that. Fair enough. But Sim Tunes. The, uh, as it said on the cover, the bug-crawling, music-making, picture-pointing software. No, picture-painting, sorry, software. How, how does that work? Well, you paint dots, and it makes music. Oh. Uh, you, you paint the dots, and they represent the notes, and then you place bugs down, and they're instruments. And then they crawl all over the picture, and when they crawl over a dot, 
they play the note. That sounds like it's essentially going to produce a hideous cacophony. It could. You could direct them. You could sort of put controls into the notes to guide them what direction they're going in. You could do it properly, I suppose, but it's weird. Yeah, that that kind of weirds me out for some reason, and I don't know why. So, yeah, that was a strange one. I, I have to say, I've never played it or seen it played. Uh, but it was very much aimed at children as a sort of creativity thing. And, yeah, let's come back to Simcopter, just because there's the one thing I want to put into this that is just hilarious. It is uh, One of the things it did was tie in with SimCity 2000, which was very, very cool. You could import the cities that you made in SimCity 2000 and then fly around it as a helicopter pilot. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Because mm, was... you did see the the traffic helicopters sometimes, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And you play the pilot of that helicopter in Simcopter. <laughs> and you can uh, rescue people. There's all sorts of different rescues. Uh, they started very simply. You know, people stuck on a rooftop and you'd land and they'd get in and you'd fly off. And you could also rescue them from boats that had gone down in the water. And then all the way up to if you had a train system, there could be a runaway train. And if you could match speed with the train, they could offload onto the helicopter. Uh, you could also... They would have um, been fine in my cities, though. They never <laughs> figured out railways, or more accurately, none of my people in my town, in my city ever went on the railways and it annoyed me. So they never got subways. They didn't deserve subways. You could also act as a police helicopter. Ooh. Although, rather than behaving like a real police helicopter which would be you just follow them from the air and put a searchlight on them. What you, you actually, you actually did, dive down and start doing stuff. You, you do dive down, because what you do is you fly to the police station where there's always a loads of police officers on the roof, like they need rescuing, but they're actually waiting for you. And they pile in, and you just land next to the criminal, and they all pile out and arrest him. <laughs> so you're some kind of glorified bus. Yeah. Uh, riot control, where you'd hover over the riots and shout at them. And you could possibly tear gas them as well if it got out of control. I can't believe that's actually a, oh, an yeah. option. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can medivac people to the hospital. Uh, you could um, pick up sims and <laughs> taxi them around. This is essentially the only way to now refer to the denizens of a Sim City or a they Sim Town. They were called Sims back then. Oh. Yeah. I forgot that. Uh, yeah. It's certainly in Simcopter. I don't know if it was true in other games. And I think Streets of Sim City as well. Didn't, didn't play that one. Uh, and you mm. could disperse traffic jams with your megaphone. You had a water cannon you could use to fight fire. and. That sounds more exciting than I originally pictured with Simcopter, to be honest. It was really fun. There were other things you could do as well. Like if you had a passenger, you could throw them out in midair and they would <laughs> fall to their deaths. <laughs> uh, you could also steal an Apache and shoot things. <laughs> you could like blow up cars. <laughs> Which you could then, you could, it, it's the uh, Discworld theory of fire service. You could take the Apache, blow up a car, and then jump in the regular <laughs> helicopter and put the fire out and make money for doing so. Yeah, this is, like, this is why Ankh-Morpork does not have a fire service apart from later golems, because that is precisely <laughs> what they'd always do, and at least Simcopter illustrates this point. You start wondering why the con 
like the conservatives who are always saying, ah, oh, video games influencing the youth and stuff, didn't have more of an issue with Simcopter because <laughs> from what from what it's sounding like, from their perspective, it would essentially be a training program for being a complete nut asshole. A little bit. Um, well, it, it was a very controversial game, and we'll get to that in just a second. That's why mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about it. But not for any of the reasons you've just raised. Oh, I think I remember this story. This is a good one, guys. It is. Uh, but before we get to that, it's also worth mentioning that the the aliens from the alien abduction uh, in SimCity 2000 turned up in SimCopter. And if you had the Apache, you could fight them. Ha ha ha. And you could blow up the UFO and save SimCity. And if it if you shot it down into water, then some actually the abductees might survive, and you could then pick them up in a water rescue and earn even more money. If they crashed on the ground, they didn't. But yes, it was um, highly controversial, largely because of was it Jack Seven? He was the designer of the game. Was he actually the man who did it? Yes, he was. Cool. Good. I'm not going to slander anyone here. Excellent. Basically. There's a little Easter egg in Simcopter uh, that on certain dates, and it's all sorts of notable dates, uh, most of the denizens of the town turned into uh, guys in speedos who would sort of randomly hug and kiss and walk around holding hands, and they had fluorescent nipples. Uh, it was fairly mad. This is um, the, it's the best drawing ever at that point, I think. I love that. I love it so much. But like so many things, the game wasn't controversial for your ability to blow up cars to make work for yourself or throw injured people out of moving medical helicopters. Oh no, we have no problem with the violence. We only have a problem with the gay. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Uh, and there was an unintentional emergent behavior of the code as well, which is, um, I, I don't think he tested this feature thoroughly, the, the whole Easter egg, because you don't, you don't want people to know it's there. Uh, unfortunately, the code was sort of written to make sure they would always be where the helicopter was. So if you landed, they would basically swarm you like zombies. And they would sort of <laughs> swarm in and into the blades, and then you'd have a pile of injured people waiting to be medivaced. <laughs> so once again, you could create more work for yourself. Somewhat unintentionally in this one, but yes. <laughs> so Simcopter was fairly fun. And yes, yeah, Streets of SimCity came out sometime later, the next year, and again was a, a game that integrated into SimCity 2000. You, you took your SimCity 2000 cities and uh, you drove around them. I actually do re- remember really wanting that because I'd grown attached to some of my Sim Cities. Mm. I was like, I want to be able to see what they're doing. I mean, not quite that simple. This was a game in which you drove armed cars and shot other armed cars because just driving around wouldn't be enough. I know, but mostly what I wanted to see was how they were doing, and then blow a thing up. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was that the, the whole concept of 
SimCity 2000 providing the cities that were used in other Maxis games, which is something that they don't do anymore. And I wish they would. Oh, like you could import a SimCity game into The Sims and actually use it, especially with everything they've done with The Sims 3, Mm. where it has all the different buildings and it could just be like, hey, you have this building. You need to go to the hospital right now. Go there. It's like I, I, I vaguely remember talk of one of the Sim Cities. Was it? It may have been four, tying into Sims in some way. Uh, in that, maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Maybe. Hmm. Oh, I wish I knew more, but I don't. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know there was definitely at some point an idea to tie the two together so that people could move from your city to your neighbourhood and from your neighbourhood to your city. And it would be your Sims that you created. <laughs> but with the exception of SimCity 3000 and SimCity 4 and the continuing improvements in the SimCity franchise, I think we are now ready to move into the topic that will uh, probably pr- uh, present the most conversation. The no, Sims. no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna restrain myself because this is not the topic. This is not the topic of this podcast. This is where Maxis ceases to be Maxis and becomes Maxis as owned by EA. This is true. They've slowly been taking away my beloved llamas because <laughs> EA bought them out just before the original Sims. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Sims was a Maxis game. Uh, so I think it was Sims Two. No. No, it was earlier than that. It was like halfway through the expansion packs. It was an EA game with the Maxis logo on the back of the box. Mm. And then now it's an EA game. Not even developed by Maxis anymore. Which, in my earliest moments of playing The Sims 3, explained everything about what I perceived was wrong with that game. But now I've come across hacks, and <laughs> you know it actually seems like a salvageable game. Yeah, and it's, as I pointed out to you at the time, you know, Sims 2, without any modifications in it, is a fairly flat experience as well. It's not just that The Sims 3 is a flat experience without the hacks, it's that the people keep randomly... You can have spent a long time making these people in their house, and then they'll just... You change to one of the other houses you made, and they leave town for no reason. Which I do agree with you, that is a flaw, but you can just turn story progression off. But that completely negates the entire point of having bought The Sims 3 over The Sims 2. But it turns it into the same flat experience that Sims 2 is without modifications. No, what I mean is, I could just go back and play The Sims 2 if I wanted that. Sims 3 is prettier. I'll give it that in some ways. Although actually in some ways I do prefer how Sims 2 Sims look. Well, it's because these ones all... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with looking like a Pixar character. It's just these ones all look like Pixar characters and it kind of jars me a bit. They look like weird freakish plasticine stop motion characters. Also, unless you hack it, they grin like morons. (laughs) Only in the creator sim view. But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. The Sims. Mm -hmm. The Sims, sort of the culmination of the Will Wright let's uh, create an environment and then have emergent behavior within it mindset yeah was 
human life is the simulation here. It's not. It's not human life in the way you would have previously expected from Maxis. In the way that it would be sort of this huge emergent process of human evolution that you were sort of doing everything from the beginning. It was Yeah, you're e- not controlling society or genetics. It's just everyday life. It's going to school, having a job, raising a family, having an affair. That was the main thing that <laughs> always seems to happen in any of the Sims. They just <clears throat> especially when you start using hacks to modify their behaviour, they just go off and have affairs all the time. No matter what you do. And it was uh, I'm not sure, criticised is the wrong word, lampooned, possibly lambasted certainly at first because it was selling to uh, a lot of sort of students and people's post-college with a sort of Maxist target audience at this point who were going out working their minimum wage jobs and then coming home to simulate some poor sim working there minimum wage job, desperately trying to afford a freezer, uh, whilst they were desperately (laughs) trying to afford a fridge themselves. There is that aspect, but in general, that was one of my problems with The Sims 1. It was just the same people carrying Mm. on their lives all the time, and and they would just get amazingly rich eventually, and what was going on. Yeah, you got to the point where Sim Me has now got the mansion, the five cars, the millions of simoleons, the swimming pool, and real the me... The magic wizard robes, you yeah, know. Real me hasn't managed to save up for that telly yet. Hmm. And it, it was just infinite, and I think they could basically have infinite babies that would never grow up beyond childhood, <laughs> and so inevitably they could probably have like 20 before they died, or... Did they even die? I can't remember if they could die of old age. I can't remember either. It's been a long time since I've played the original Sims, I think you could only set them on fire. (laughs) Or drown them, or the other various and myriad ways you could find to kill a Sim when he outlived his usefulness. No, adult Sims never aged. They aged up to adult and then stopped. Yeah, which would eventually... It would just make everything really weird after a while. And the babies born in games, I know they did not age beyond child. No, no. Um, babies grew up to children. Children never became adults. And adults didn't age. Yeah, the, which was, you know, what they could do at the time. But now, in this modern age, that seems very silly. It was pretty remarkable at the time, though. And, I mean, the other problem it had, huge problem for me was there was no weekends. Oh, yeah. Work and school were every single day. Yeah, and and their needs would never be fulfilled when they went to work and school. They never got lunch breaks no. or anything. They no. would, So they would come back three times as hungry. And, and they, they might, were working in yeah. Orwelli- Orwellian totalitarian regimes where they weren't allowed toilet breaks. Yeah, that was the main, that was the main thing. So that was a welcome addition in the no longer really... Maxis days of The Sims 2 when they had a week and they had lunch breaks and they, you know, aged. Such revolutionary additions as a day off, (laughs) toilets at work. And like eventually they even got to go on holiday and stuff and that was, (laughs) oh my god. There was a holiday expansion for the original, wasn't there? Yeah, but I think they just randomly took days off work probably. It just probably disappeared yeah, for no reason. 
And that's the key here to the Sims success because it is it's another one of these games that on the face of it doesn't sound like an incredibly uh playable uh game. It's like, well, yeah, you take a a person and you move them into a small affordable starter home and you you buy an oven <laughs> and a toilet. And then and, the really cheap ones that break all the time. Sorry about that. And and you try not to die in a fire when you're using a cheap oven and you you save up for a burglar alarm so you don't get robbed and have all your shit nicked and then you go out and you work every day of your life to afford more stuff and then you buy that stuff and you replace that stuff and you get a bigger house and a better job and eventually you catch fire and die how do you win this game because you, you have 20 you children <laughs> everywhere and the game only ends when you die well, that doesn't sound like a great playable game but it's uh, the top-selling PC game in history. I think that might still be true. So, where did that come from? Well, the answer's pretty simple. Community and expansion packs. Yep. It's what kept Doom alive for so long, was the fact that people sitting at home on their own computers could make stuff for Doom. It was just eminently moddable. You could... You know, if you're like, okay, there is this aspect of this game I do not like. Normally, you either put up, put up or shut up with mm. that. Whereas these ones, like, well, I'm going to fix that. Well, even before that, anyone can add a texture to this game. Mm. You know, you have the posters you can add on the wall. Just absolutely anybody can make a new well, poster for well, The Well, that Sims. was a major part of The Sims 2, was saying, oh, you can like customise this with no work, and mm. things like that. Uh, and this was because people already were from the original mm. Sims. Uh, and just about anyone could take a t-shirt texture and put a new t-shirt logo on for their Sim. Yeah. Uh, then, with a little bit more talent, people could make the 3D objects and make new chairs, new tables, new computer models, new phones. New clothes was actually a more tricky one because you had to make 3D object meshes. Yeah, that for, matched with the yeah. people's bodies and body movements. But people with more talent could do that and then share them online and then other people could recolor those with new textures. Hmm. Uh, so building on each other's work and eventually you had online repositories of thousands and thousands of free add-ons for the game. And it was also expandable in terms of the code because they wanted to be able to make expansion packs. They which... wanted to be able to make more money off you. Yeah, I mean, expansion packs are like the best and worst thing of The Sims. Yeah. Let's I, face it. I will admit that I love all my expansion packs, but I despise, I despise them for making me pay more money just to get the game I originally wanted. Because... Mm. The Sims in itself had very little in terms of career paths and the weirder items. These traditionally come in through expansion packs. Each one sort of adds uh, new careers and options on a theme, I think is the best way of putting Usually, it. Usually, yeah. So you started with Living Large, which was like, oh, how would you describe Living Large? Party stuff, it was essentially... Well, it was house party. Was it? Mm. I can't remember what living living large was then. It was like cool stuff for you to live large. 
I think is the but anyway it it, it introduced Servo, one of my favorite things about the original Sims. He's the robotic still, helper. He's still there in The Sims 2. You just have to learn how to make him yourself. I know, but it's not the same. He uh, can raise babies. I've seen it done. Because the baby's parents were vampires and therefore would catch on fire if they went to deal with their baby. It was a really disturbed situation, let's be fair. But uh, Living Large also introduced uh, the tragic clown, the grim reaper. Oh, the freaking clown <laughs> oh my god that clown he would just uh i know it was my own fault for putting up the clown picture but i honestly did not know that would happen when i first put up the clown <laughs> picture i did not know that was something that could happen then the clown <laughs> uh and also crystal ball electric guitar chemistry set well, loved the chemistry set they could occasionally accidentally kill themselves with that one though so that was Either a downside or an upside, depending on your attitude towards sim death. But that was their first expansion. It didn't really have the direction of some of the later ones. Mm. Because as you said, the first really big themed one was House Party, which came with DJ tables and dance floors. and Which meant that actually throwing, you know, inviting the sim's friends over for some kind of big do actually made some sense because it was doing something other than what people admittedly normally do, which is sitting around watching the telly. <laughs> uh, and was followed by Hot Date. I had that one. It was it was the precursor of... Ver it, basically, The Sims 2 just replicated all The Sims 1 <laughs> expansion yep, packs. Yep, Nightlife but was with, basically House Party and Hot Date combined. But better, because... It was The Sims yeah. 2. But Vacation, the... which came next, was Bon Voyage in Sims yeah. 2. Unleashed became Pets. Pets. Mm. And then you had uh, Superstar, which was weirdly Apartment Life. Apartment Life is, oddly, Superstar and Making Magic yeah. squished together into one That's right, one, yeah, Superstar and package. Making Magic. Yeah. Just as um, Hot Date and... House Party were combined into Nightlife. The only sort of original one they had then was for that was University, I guess. Yeah. Because hmm. that didn't come up in the original Sims at all. But... That's because they didn't age, so what the hell was the point of going to University? <laughs> True. But it's pretty clear, I think, from the title of each one, what they did. Yeah. I mean, Unleashed, maybe you'd have to explain, but we went on to say the Sims 2 version was called Pets. Which is so. the only way you need to explain that before <laughs> you say, well, it's an unfortunate sounding name if you don't know it's about pets, perhaps. I don't know, unfortunate. It depends entirely on your point of view, I suppose. I was trying to be subtle or something. Uh, subtlety doesn't belong on World 1 Stage 1. True, true, I forget. I forget <laughs> that Jack you're, and you're Troy live here. You're the place of Jack and Troy... Subtlety should not be part of your repertoire. But there was more than just those expansions as well. There were the... Um... Did stuff packs begin as early as the original Sims? I'm I'm not sure. I think the stuff packs were sort of combined into the expansions then, because essentially, in The Sims 2, the expansion packs would affect how the game worked and would yeah. affect the game code in many cases, which meant that mods always have to be updated. And so did the original Sims. Like, without Nightlife, you couldn't go to a... Hot date. Hot 
hot date, you couldn't go to a downtown lot. And there was that really weird thing where the date would go really badly if they didn't finish their food at roughly the same time, which <laughs> depended on their neatness points. And which you get, told me about. I didn't know that one. They get really awkward. It was kind of adorable. And it's like, <laughs> I miss that from nightlife because it was just like, this is the most bumbling date in the universe. <laughs> Whereas now, for me, it only seems to go really wrong if someone gets caught cheating during the date, which is silly. Yeah, you'd imagine there would be other ways in which it could go wrong. I know, it's like even getting your food tipped over you by a clumsy waiter doesn't seem to have much effect anymore. <laughs> I, I would have thought that would make a difference. Yeah, it, it takes it down like half a bar, but if you're at the top end of a bar, that makes, you know, if you're at the top end of good, it just makes it a bit closer to okay. Have either of us, I, I know I haven't, have you explored the uh, dating in Sims 3 yet? It doesn't really have dating. It doesn't no. have a chemistry system. So it's, so I'm just a bit... I mean, maybe it has an inbuilt chemistry system but, that you don't see. Yeah, maybe. That's working when it does story progression. Mm. But doesn't seem to otherwise. Well, maybe they're saving it for an expansion pack. That does seem likely. Doesn't it, Josh? Goddamn EA. Why do you <laughs> do this to me? Oh, wait. Because <laughs> they're EA. Yeah. Long-standing assholes. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the end of Maxis, really. Yeah, because... Pure Maxis, anyway. Yeah, because after that, you know, Sims 2 wasn't truly Maxis. It retained many Maxis things. Like, at university, one of the mascots who would turn up and annoy everyone was a llama. And the llamas kept working. But after that... Yep, llamas were always a big thing with Will Wright. Sim Farm, petrified, you know, rocks were always referred to as petrified llama droppings. Although it's not quite the end, because of course, um, Spore was on the Maxis label and was a very Will Wright game. That's true. But it's not really a, a classic. Suffice to say, it was the third game... Uh, that should have been the galaxy-wide sim game. Yeah. Where you can take life from the microbial stage all the way up to galactic conquer, uh, conquest. Yeah, it could have done with being called Sim Galaxy, to be <laughs> honest. Except that it really was about that microbial life form. Sim microbe doesn't have the same ring. No, and it doesn't really... Uh encapsulate the scope, but then not a spore, really. And that is just basically the end of the end of Maxis, which is really odd in some ways, because this was my childhood franchise. Well, Spore is new. They may still be going. They may still do something else, but The Sims has departed mm. from, the, uh, from the umbrella. And I still love it, but it's in the sort of ragey way that I love things, like how how I love Doctor Who, which mostly means I shout at it. And how I love Harry Potter, which mostly means I shout at it. You know? Yeah. I have an odd def definition of love for things like that. It is worth touching on, before we go though, the, the great failure of the Sims franchise, the red-headed stepchild of that name, The Sims Online. Uh... Did you ever play it? No, I heard about it and it was just like, no. I did. 
I played it. I was in the beta test. <laughs> oh, God, it's awful. Basically, the concept was sound. You take your sim in The Sims, your little guy you control, and rather than controlling all of them one by one, you, you have one guy that's your guy. And you put him in a neighborhood where everyone is a guy. Or girl, I'm using guy as a very generic term here. But all of the Sims in the neighborhood are people. They're, and it's... they're all being operated by someone else? Yeah. Ah. Basically, it's The Sims, but you can only control one person because someone else is controlling every other person. That seems like it would just have infinite ways for people to be a dick to each other, really. That's part of the problem, but that's true of any massively multiplayer online game is it's full of trolls. Uh, no, the problem was that uh, with no one else to control and no ability to accelerate time because it's multiplayer, what do you do when your sim goes to work? Well, you play through the working day. Uh, apparently that's something, I'm not sure, but isn't that something like what's going on with the latest Sims 3 expansion pack? I don't know. It has something to do with careers. It's like I know people who've modded their games so that some of the careers are playable, but it is schools and hospitals mm. where other Sims are going to be there, therefore it furthers the play rather than I am at an office. I am at an office. Office job wasn't available. You could go and work at a restaurant, at a robot factory, as a DJ or as a dancer. I guess restaurant... Well, I guess that was the stuff that was covered with Open for Business in the yeah. end was was you know professions that enhanced that you know added to the story you were making or whatever in some way but not in real time in real time oh god not in real time <laughs> because it's okay when you're spending your real human hour maybe trying yeah. to deal with them at work but they're not at work for one Admittedly, it wasn't real time, like you didn't work an eight-hour day. Yeah. Uh, you know, your actual cash money-making would be wildly accelerated, so you only had to spend a period of time at work. But it was clear that this was just a grind, just a time sink. It was just making you waste time at work, so you'd have money to do other things in EA land. No, I'm not joking. EA land. It's called Simland. It's called Sim City. It's called Sim State. That's what you call it. It was at first. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't. Uh, it was. It had different names, like uh, like Riverview and. Oh yeah, like the the named things. So it had Blazing Falls and Alphaville and Jolly Pines. But they are all clearly in Sim in Sim State because in university. One of your universities is Sim State University. This is how you know. Yep. But EA Land. That sounds like a like a totalitarian regime. Doesn't it just? Yeah. When the popularity dropped off and there weren't enough people in each city to justify keeping the multiple cities going, they were all merged into EA Land. Ah. And then you were forced to live in it's, EA land. It's a terrifying dystopia. 
And you had to live under the crushing boot heel of EA in <laughs> EA land. So, yeah. And then in some ways you prayed for the trolls. <laughs> I guess so. But it's just such... Uh, I, the idea was sound. I can see where they were coming from, but it was such a, a horrible, horrible, horrible failure. Horrible. In fact, they closed it mere weeks after renaming it to EA Land. <laughs> I like that. So they changed the name to EA Land and everybody left. Because they had no wish to live. You know, they had no wish to live okay. under the state. I can't think of a better note on which to end the show. <laughs> How EA have ruined Maxis for evers. So for this week, I have been Simon. And I have been Zoe. That was World One Stage One. Visit our website at world1stage1.com. Join our forum, send us an email. Or follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And, of course, our thanks go to Power Glove for our theme tune. <laughs>